Well, hello there. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 58 with Gino Ferran from Tecla, uh, who works with uh, companies to help recruit remote talent. Uh, so definitely geeked out about uh, talking with that uh, with uh, Gino, uh, his experience and interest in this area and how it aligns with uh, online learning and just kind of uh, existing in digital spaces. So that's certainly been my life for past couple of years and uh, even more so now working uh, full-time remotely. So I uh, really appreciated uh, Gina reaching out to be on the show. Uh, always helps me out just to have eager folks uh, to talk with. So always feel free to uh, let me know if you're interested to be a guest on the show. Always like talking with uh, new different people. So um, or uh, certainly recommend uh, others as well. But yeah, appreciate uh, Gino giving some time and sharing all that he did. And uh, as usual, check out all the cool stuff that we mentioned in this episode down in the show notes. So without further ado, this is episode number 58 with Gino Ferrand. Uh, we'll start out as we always do. If you want to uh, just introduce yourself briefly and kind of give uh, an overview of your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the, the founder um, here at Tecla and you know, we're basically a, a company that helps mostly software um, engineering teams find remote candidates for their open jobs. Um, so we're a recruiting company. And um, in terms of my prof- professional journey, um, I've been been leading Tecla for the past six years. So um, it's something that I started my last year at, um, at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that I'm, I'm still running today. So it's been really um, my entire professional journey so far. And, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, well, I guess then it does kind of overlap with uh, kind of your college experience. And maybe if there was something there that uh, led you to feel so inclined and kind of inspired to commit to, uh, to doing this work and everything. But um, so, yeah, I guess talk about that a little bit and like what you feel like your college experience gave you personally and or professionally um, that still kind of is resonating with you um, today in terms of your work? Yeah. Yeah. I went to, um, the university of San Diego. Um, I was there from 2008 to 2012. I studied business administration and finance, and I was involved, um, quite a bit with the entrepreneurship club. And that's really, I guess, where everything started, um, you know, being, um, being put together for me in terms of entrepreneurship. It's, uh, you know, I launched this company my last year at school and I've definitely been really uh, inspired by a lot of uh, professors that I had at school to go into this uh, entrepreneurship journey. So it's been um, definitely influenced a lot by, by school and, um, you know, just being able to hear, um, a lot of the interviews that professors would do on entrepreneurs and, and you know business people, and that that really kind of inspired me to um, to also go down that route. Gotcha. Um, well, then I guess I'm curious if there was something in terms of uh, that period of your life, or just like things that you've gravitated towards, kind of naturally, um, in terms of like uh, Tecla, like was that something that um again like you were just like interested in that or like you um i guess like worked remotely or something like i guess what was that kind of like transition or kind of the, the connection there yeah it was uh when i was a senior in school we um my uh, co-founder and i for a different project we did this uh startup competition in school 
and we were building this project and really got a sense of what it was like to build software for the first time. That's really what got me a lot more involved with, um, you know, working with agencies, working with outsourced development teams, and uh, we started learning a lot about the process. So really after this competition, um, I decided that we would get into, um, you know, learning more about the software development process. And that's really Tecla began as a company that helped other companies build products. So we were first an agency. We pivoted afterwards to also do staffing for different startups, um, you know, around the world, really. And now what Tecla is, is more of a recruiting or of a hiring marketplace for companies. So it's, it's pivoted quite a bit throughout the years. It's definitely changed. Um, you know, the type of client, the type of company we work with has stayed the same, but we're just covering different services for those same companies. So it really was, uh, yeah, a little bit of luck that brought me into this and just, uh, the way things unfolded from that first, uh, startup competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I guess it's yeah, like you maybe theoretically could have like, you know, thought of anything to pitch and that maybe would have been the thing that you continue to do or not do, or, you know, and it's, I guess, great that it just so happens to be something that, um, feels like it resonates with you, you know, like it, it, it's just working. And, um, cause I guess my point of view would be that maybe there's, yeah, a lot of organizations that would kind of support this or like, uh, be in favor of it, but might not know how to, yeah, like find those people or do anything in terms of like actually implementing it. Like that might feel like a, a, um, like a major hurdle. So I guess, I don't know if that's what your experience is or just, I guess any of those things in terms of maybe like those breakthroughs or like the moments where like, you know, it really was like kind of resonating with you that this was, uh, kind of worth worthwhile endeavor for you. Like, what are you like enjoying most about, you know, this thing that really, you know, you've been doing for the past several years, like what's keeping you inspired, I guess, like any, any moments or just sort of broad strokes of what, yeah, it's keeping you motivated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that we like the most in terms of our whole team is working with companies and candidates and being able to see, you know, both sides of the coin in a way and really helping companies meet the right people and also helping the right candidates work at the right companies. Um, you know, when you do the whole process, you, you really come to understand how much of a of a role you play in, you know, individuals' lives and also in the company's trajectory since, you know, talent is just so important. And mm -hmm. in terms of software development, there obviously there's such um, competition right now for engineering talent that it, it really feels like we're making an impact on both sides. You know, people want to work at companies where they feel they're making a difference, where they're really behind the um, the business model, you know, the impact that the company's making. And then on the other side, we're helping companies find the, you know, talent that's actually going to fit in well. So I think that being able to chat with people and get to know people is really the, the great thing about this, this business. Um, and in terms of, you know, how we got into the remote and, and how that's affecting recruiting nowadays, uh, we definitely are, part of a growing trend. Um, as you know, um, you know, working from home and working remotely in general from wherever it might be is, is something that's growing quite quickly. But, um, like you said, there's still a lot of pushback and that's really comes from, you know, different policies at larger companies that are slow to change. Um, and it also comes from a lack of education and knowledge on what it takes to, 
be able to work with remote team members. A lot of companies just might think that it's too complicated for them or something that definitely doesn't fit with their model. And um, I think that that lack of um, education on the whole process is really what keeps some companies from at least um, exploring uh, the option. Right. Well, and I think it just made me think of like two parallels of just like, you know, I, I work in, I've worked in higher ed my entire career and now working in kind of the digital space of higher ed, like for one, something that you said that makes a lot of sense of just like, uh, I guess I, I didn't really connect to the dots, but like it, again, kind of uh, resonates of like uh, a student making a decision about like where to go to college and like major and all that, like that's a really big decision and going to be really important for institution to find the right student and the uh, for the student to find the right institution but then like you were saying too with like a potential employee and a company like that's also a really big investment like we spend a lot of time at work and like hopefully you know a person spends a long time with the company because you know uh, if it's like a really good fit and like it's helping that company achieve their goals helping the person find gainful employment that uh, feels fulfilling and all that like yeah it's just it's major stuff and then um working in the digital space and higher ed also it's a lot of kind of change management with people understanding how to uh, support an online learner and um, just being an advocate for that and uh, certainly a lot of people being intimidated or just not thinking that uh, the same level of support you know quality is achievable in the digital space and uh, you know that we are increasingly uh, measuring to that standard a lot more and uh, it's nice being able to kind of help shepherd people through that uh uh, like those kind of conversations and everything, but like you're saying, I think it, it, it it's growing really quickly, and just I think people are becoming increasingly aware. I think at, at least of the object, objective fact that like if you really want to get the best person, you at least have to be open to the possibility of having somebody be remote. And then, I mean, yeah, like how do you recruit that person and interview that person and train the person and then just ongoing, you know, help them to feel still as part of the community of the company and those sort of things. But um, there's certainly a lot of good literature out there. A lot of companies who have done this for a while and, um, you know, uh, there's a lot that, you know, like I've kind of geeked out about and written on my blog and stuff, you know, that I've shared that I've experienced so far. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of segues, I guess, if, if you do like, I don't know if there's like books or podcasts or other stuff that you consume or just like, um, generally like we can kind of start, uh, broadly and then we'll make, we'll make sure that if there's anything specific that you'd want to recommend to kind of make space for that as well. But like, kind of like what are you like geeking out about right now like if it's more personal or professional and if it's like stuff that you've always been into or stuff that you're like more recently discovering or you know that's uh something new entirely but um yeah i mean like what's what's grabbing your attention i don't know like if you um i guess just have like any 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 hobbies that way or something yeah yeah absolutely Uh, going uh quickly back to what you were saying about the similarities between what i was just explaining about companies needing to learn a little more about what remote really means and how it works and you know, explore it to see if it's something that works for that company. And there's a whole process. I mean, it, it really is different. So there needs to be a lot of assessment, you know, on both sides of the equation. I mean, if the worker can work remotely, but also if the company can support it as a model for the, for the entire company. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of similarities with education, like you were saying, because I'm, I'm sure that it's, um, it can be, some of the common elements that you hear from schools and students about the, you know, uh, being able to 
um, do courses online, for example, is the engagement of it, the attention of it, um, is it the same quality as something, you know, in, um, in, in, as in person. Um, and so it's, it's quite similar really. Yeah. And obviously, um, there's just a lot of great tools nowadays that really help that engagement level. And we find, you know, at our company that we don't miss a beat. I mean, if you really do remote, right. And you do online learning, right. And you implement it, right. That, um, the value of it is, is just as much as something, you know, in person or in office in the work uh, environment. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see a lot of similar conversations happening, you know, be it in terms of recruiting or in terms of uh, education, like online education or online work. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of, uh, books and the stuff that I'm into right now. Um, obviously I've, I've done a lot of reading on remote as a trend. Um, there's a a really great book titled uh, remote office, not required, uh, which is created by, uh, what was written by the creators of Basecamp. So it's, it's a really great book to learn about, um, about the remote, um, workplace and how to implement it and then how it's able to thrive. Um, in terms of hobbies, I think that everything that, 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 you know, I've, I've done from, uh, college is still something I do now quite heavily, which is sports and, and, uh, that really influences my life a lot. Um, I think that now, for example, I'm also, um, very interested in, gaming video gaming mm-hmm. and uh video game psychology for example and that's actually the book i, I just uh i just finished um not very good at remembering all the the titles of the books that that i've read but for example the very last one uh is a book on gaming psychology and the psychology in video games um and it's written by a psychologist but someone who specializes in the video game industry so it's um, it's pretty incredible to read about, you know, how, especially with how mainstream video games are getting, for example, with Fortnite and everyone supposedly playing Fortnite. And um, it's quite interesting, really interesting. And I'm sure it's a big, um, something big in, in education as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like gamification in terms of just learning environments and um, sort of encouraging like more people to contribute or just conveying things in a different way that might be more, you know, I mean, fun or just, yeah, like it includes more people. But then, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been getting into, I mean, I've always played video games my entire life, but um, yeah, just also like right now there's like collegiate esports, you know, like uh, competitions coming in, like and uh, more institutions getting into that. So I'm I'm very intrigued by how that'll just uh, provide like more engagement opportunities for students um, since it can uh, include students both in person and online and commuter students. And, um, you know, it, it's just fascinating, but, um, yeah, well, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, especially in, in education, it's really interesting to think about how, um, like you were saying, gamification is going to keep evolving. And obviously gamification has been something that's been kind of a keyword for a pretty long time now, but, um, I think now with Fortnite and these games that are just so mainstream with so many people in the, um, you know, in high school, going into college, for example, and those are basic um, psychology mechanics that work for everyone, you know, any age. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see how um, schools and education and courses will take uh, some of that gamification that happens in games, you know, progression and all of those things that can help uh, people stay engaged in school. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I think it's at least, like, a lot of people have, like, literally made, like, board games and stuff in the past, like, in terms of, like, gamifying, like, a a lesson. But, um, yeah, we're increasingly having more tools at teachers' disposals and stuff to, uh, you know, be able to gamify things. But um, I guess you mentioned sports. I don't know, like, if since that's been something that you said you've kind of been in, uh, involved with for a long time, um, you know, as one of your hobbies. I don't know if that's something that you do just sort of, like, as, like, a social outlet or just in terms of like maybe the discipline or something like that hobby that you've had for a while like what do you feel like that's given you or maybe if if the video gaming is something that maybe is like resonating a little bit more just in terms of like an outlet to have fun and like if maybe you're creating community around that but you know in terms of like your hobbies how do you see those like positively contributing to your life uh yeah i think in terms of sports uh, i used to play um you know competitive sports in high school and uh, and in college uh and I think it it really um, can be applied to things that you do at work on a daily basis. I think that in terms of, of leadership and being able to work with other teammates, it's uh, it really teaches you a lot. And nowadays, yeah, I just play um, sports for more of a leisure uh, thing and, and stuff. So, you know, social thing, but, um, but it's still great. I mean, even in, in video games too, for example, any kind of team sport is going to teach you from a very early age about how to deal with teammates, how to work together. Um, it's going to teach you and, and it's going to, it's going to really show you what it takes to be a good leader. It's going to put you in front of pretty good role models, you know, be it your coach or, older players i mean the sports i think just have a huge impact on uh on work you know i think many people might not see it but the way that you involve yourself in team activities early on that can teach you a lot about what it's like to work with people uh, in the office later yeah well, interesting too. There were some of the similar things that you said between sports and gaming of just like like teamwork and leadership, and then I mean also just as outlets to have fun. I think you know, for me, sometimes like doing writing or podcasting is like, they're just like creative hobbies and I, I enjoy doing them. And I think it's important for people to have sometimes those uh, creative outlets as well. But like, even just things that you purely do that aren't related really to anything else, like work related or something, like, it's just stuff to have fun like that. That's like value enough for, you know, enough if it's like building community around it, because you do them socially, like I end up more often than not, like, doing more like solo single player gaming just because like that's kind of more what I need is just like okay I'm like I guess not really not really unplugging but like unplugging from the world and plugging into this like virtual world and just being like I just want to like go through a fun story and just like you know it's you know, kind of a similar like you know I'll see movies with people but it's like uh I don't know it's just like a singular yeah. experience that you're kind of going through and like sorting through your own because I think if it's I guess the connection for me was like consuming a story and like I, I'm I'm consuming that story in the way that I am feeling it, you know, and like how I process it. Even if you're doing it with other people, like you're still kind of experiencing it kind of in your own yeah. way. But um, yeah, I think that's just so important because it, and it's like not putting any onus on like anything to be any certain way in terms of a hobby. But I, I, I've known some people like from back in like grad school and stuff. And I think that it can be a hard time to develop hobbies, but like going through a tough time, like graduate school or something, it's like, that's when it's even more valuable to have hobbies is like at the very least, just as like a, you know, pressure release, you know, just as like a fun outlet. So um, it's, it's good that you have those things, but you're also identifying like the value that they've contributed to your life, even like over time or 
um, even now, but um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of what you were saying, for example, remote and remote work or um, learning online, um, I think that those hobbies, like you were saying, give you an outlet to connect with people, to get what you're missing um, at that point, be it in your day or in your life in general. But what you were saying, for example, you feel like you want to play a single player game to disconnect. Maybe you've already been interacting with your team all day long and you just want to have uh, maybe a single player experience, you know, something just uh, for you, something very intimate. Um, and then other people, especially in remote, I feel like this gets br brought up a lot, which is the um, loneliness that can happen from working remotely, especially if you're only working remotely, it's not hybrid, like you're not going into the office some days and working remotely some days, but you're actually working 100% remotely. And if it's from home, then you might be a little lonely. I mean, you can get lonely, and that's something that gets mm -hmm. brought up a lot. So these hobbies help uh, really balance your work-life balance and your edu your, your um, school-life uh, balance as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think, yeah, and it's like not even kind of black and white in that way, like you said, because like I am usually on a lot of like video calls and like communicating a lot, even just like via chat and Slack and stuff. But like, so like there's often times and you know especially even if it's just like a hard work day like i was just like plugging away doing stuff even if i wasn't um communicating a lot with people but there are days where that's the case like even though i've just been sitting at home alone i'm like yeah i just want to like focus and kind of like even if it's like whatever it is it's like if i'm ch like checking out and just like watching something or gaming solo um yeah it's just like needing some me time but certainly like a lot more often now, like I've recognized so much of the value of having that in-person community as well. Like, like I don't need to be like going out every night, but like a couple of times a month, it's nice to go to like, you know, a happy hour or meet up with friends or coffee or something like that. So, um, just something to like, kind of get me moving, get me out of the house and those sort of things. Cause I think I, I took it for granted being able to, you know, go into an office every day. Um, so now it's just like, kind of intentionally putting energy that way um, and doing it in a way in a cadence, um, you know, that works for me um, because sometimes, you know, otherwise like if I have to go into an office every day, sometimes I really didn't feel like it. I you know, wish I could just be at home, but um, so yeah, it's certainly, you know, often, yeah, like you're looking for the, the thing that you don't have, you know, that kind of like be that outlet. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I guess, um, you know, in terms of, because uh, I, I think I've checked out uh, some stuff from the Basecamp folks, like they do write and kind of uh, produce a lot of content on uh, remote work. So uh, we'll definitely include that book. And then um, I guess if you, if you find uh, a link for the other one that you mentioned in terms of like the psychology and gaming, it'd be great to include that as well. But I don't know um, anything else that you consume. I don't know if you are like a big, a big podcast listener or um, any like movies or tv shows that you've been enjoying or any other books that you can think of um anything else real quick that you'd want to include just as like a kind of tip of the hat to include in the show notes uh yeah i mean you know in general i i really like um, um i really like history stuff so um i guess that that might not be the most popular category on like netflix or something but um but um you know that that's something that i i like to um i like to consume a lot and then in terms of podcasts, to be quite honest, I really enjoy anything that is uh, murder mystery type. <laughs> so I'm more of an entertainment consumer when it comes to podcasts, and uh, and I think to a to a vast degree also um, TV. 
but um, you know, books is I guess where I mostly read um, for when it comes to you know business stuff or entrepreneurship books or remote or psychology or history. I think it's still a lot of books, and uh, I just love uh, podcasts and TV for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know my my wife is a big true crime person, so she yeah consumes a lot like documentaries and shows and podcasts on the on that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I was a history major undergrad, so that I've. Uh, do you tend to, uh, to at least like scratch that edge every once in a while uh, with uh, yeah, there's been stuff like I know like CNN has produced these like decade docu series um, that are all on Netflix and I, I always catch those and it's, it's like episodic of like different themes and moments for uh, the decades. I believe they started with the '60s maybe, um, and they actually just released one for the early 2000s since that was about 20 years ago now. Um, uh, which was just fascinating since it was like fairly recent, but just like reflecting on uh, these different like pivotal moments from uh, you know the several of the past decades, and then seeing like certain people pop up that are st- like kind of still uh, you know a part of American life now uh, prominently. So um, yeah, I think it's for me because I always just like seeing like anything that happens happens in a context. Like it's not more often than not, it does, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Um, so like history provides that context of why things are the way they are. Um, so yeah, I, I, I certainly appreciate that if you do consume a, a good, uh, you know, regular diet uh, every now and then of some history content like documentaries or uh, what have you. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. That one, that one that I was, uh, I guess for anyone that, um, you know, wants to combine some degree of entertainment into history. There's a show on Netflix, um, a series called Raiders of the Lost Art. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, I'm assuming somewhere near 10 or so episodes. And each episode tells the story of um, art, artifacts or paintings or usually very valuable um, art that has been lost throughout, you know, centuries. Um, for one or another reason, but historic reasons. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a pretty cool show. I mean, it, it, it goes a lot into the context of how it was lost um, and, you know, the time and what was happening at that time. And if anything, who stole it, it has some mystery into it. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's like a combination of a few things, I guess, that that, um, that I like, which are, you know, history and, and mystery and, and a little bit of a, of a thrill, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean that's that's uh, uh, yeah, kind of like combining the two. It's uh, always great because um, I guess I don't know if I have like a theme to the history that I like, but um, I don't know, stuff just like will catch my eye. But um, great. Well, um, yeah, I guess you know we'll include as much as we can in the show notes of anything that you'd like to, to send over. But um, yeah, I mean we'll wrap up the episode as we always do. Um, you know, I like to keep things optimistic as the eternal optimist myself. So. Um, Anything or things that you are looking forward to in your job, life, and or the world? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I think that every um, every day when it comes to my my job, you know, and, and the, the the company that I run, uh, every day there's something to look forward to. And right now we're um, working on um, on a project which is going to be a new a new service, basically for companies. Um, to 
hire software engineers. There's going to be more of a sourcing service. And so we're working pretty hard on that to, you know, get it up and, and running by next month or so. And it's going to be like a new, new branch of the company. So that's something I'm looking forward to in terms of work, uh, in terms of life and education, which is something that we were, that we were talking about as well. Um, this, this September I'll be starting a, a 10 month master's program. So it's basically a year program. And so I'm looking forward to that in terms of, in terms of my life. And, uh, because I've worked remotely for the past six years or so, um, I'm, I'm going abroad for this program and it's a chance to travel and to see the world. And, uh, I did, uh, an exchange program, you know, a semester abroad when I was doing my undergrad and, and that was uh, really amazing in terms of being able to, um, see all of these experience, all of these different cultures and countries. And, um, so that's something I'm looking forward to personally in terms of education. And, um, yeah, that's, that's coming up soon. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds great. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck with that. And it, it does sound like it'll be a, I mean, it, it, those sort of things too, where it's like, you're obviously going to get great sort of formalized learning in the classroom, but then so many other more kind of learning opportunities outside of the classroom, just by the nature of, you know, where you will be. Um, so that's definitely really great. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate all that you shared and um, learning a little bit more of your, your background and the work that you're doing and everything. And um, so we'll have ways to, to connect with you and everything that you mentioned down the show notes as usual. But uh yeah, thanks again so much for your time and uh, really great talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, it's, it's really great to be able to chat and uh, thanks for having me. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connectedupod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.